is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Well, three weeks. I haven't seen your beautiful faces in three weeks. So I have to tell you, I think this last week, we didn't know what day it was. (laughs) I told Derek, this is truly a breaking time of breakthrough to go. We were so much on vacation sabbatical that we forgot the day of the week. Even when we got home Monday, I think, well, Dale was over there and Maddie, was it Monday night you guys came swimming? Or Tuesday, maybe. Tuesday, maybe it was Tuesday. And then it was like, I don't even know. (laughs) What day did we travel home? I don't know. So, Eric and I want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing this time off. I said, this is two times in 24 years, two times that we've ever missed more than two Sundays. So thank you. Thank you for allowing this time. Um, I've been listening to a lot of things just to, to uh, build up my, my soul, because you know your soul is where... You need built up. Your spirit is one with him, right? So it's your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions that need a whole lot of him. And the, the one thing that God spoke has been speaking to me. Do you guys know the old hymn called, I Surrender All? You're going to sing it? No. <laughs> I sing it by myself. That song has been resonating in my, in my spirit, which is coming over into my soul. Debbie started off, just the first chorus, just all to Jesus, I surrender. You mean you want her to sing? Yeah. Okay, maybe not. We're not going to do it. (laughs) Anyway, it's all to Jesus. I surrender. I surrender all. Got it? That's that's the whole deal. And I guarantee you, we can all put that out there for everything going on in our lives. All to Jesus. I surrender. If any of you have a personality like mine, you try to figure it all out. Anybody? Just a few of you? You want the plan. You want the steps. You want how. You want when's God going to do this and how is God going to do this. So I have been trying to figure out the when, the how, with the sale of the other building coming to completion. I say, it's sold in the name of Jesus. But I want the completed, signed, sealed, and delivered. We're at the title company kind of deal, you know. I've had to say, God, I surrender all. His timing, his perfection in all of this. Because if not... Stress and anxiety tries to overcome my soul. Anybody understand that? So something I've been dealing with with my eyes, when I talk, it's like they are normal. When I sing, they are normal. When I listen to you, not so normal. Something in the giving and the receiving um, does something in my, my brain with my eyelid muscles. My side is good. My side is great. Got it? Everybody else like, can you see? I'm like, yes, I can see, unless my eyelids try to close on me. I'm good. It's just these muscles that have to, my brain has to tell my muscles what to do. So you know what I have to do? I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender. I can't carry what's going on here. And I can't carry what's going on with the building. I surrender all. What is it today that you have to say, God, all to you. I surrender.
his plan, his purpose may not be in your timing, may not be done exactly like you think it should be done because I promise I tend to have a little perfectionism going on and I want the exact plan. And I want the timing and I want the how to. God, how are you going to do this? And you know what? God says, surrender, Shelley. Surrender. So this morning, I'm believing that's a word for you. What are you carrying that you have to say, God, I surrender? I don't know how you're going to do it. But you know what scripture I wake up to in the early morning when the enemy tries to whoop, hit you with something negative? I had to say, no, I trust in the Lord with all my heart. And I lean not on my own understanding. But in all my ways, I acknowledge him. And God, you will direct our path. You, you have to tell those negative thoughts that they don't get to come. And you know what? It takes action. (laughs) Because they will overtake you if you don't overtake them. It's a fact. And that, that's what happened that caused my eyes was stress was, the, was the issue. Stress was the cause and calm is the cure. So I've had to, to say no to anxiety because it's, it, it's affecting my body. So what is affecting you in your heart? Maybe it's not something happening in your body. But an alarm went off for me, and this was my alarm that said, you have to do things different. You have to think differently. You have to process anxiety different. You have to process stress differently. Maybe yours isn't a physical, but maybe it's emotional. Maybe something's going on emotionally with you that you have to say, this is my alarm. What do I need to lay down? What do I need to surrender all? Your kids, your finances, your children, your grandchildren, your spouse. What do you need to surrender to him that you're trying to figure out? What are you trying to figure out here that God says, stop, you can't figure it out. Just give it to me and lay it at my feet. All to Jesus. We surrender. Say that with me. All to Jesus, we surrender. We surrender all. Thanks for letting us have this time. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It's like Richard's got this iPad. He's showing something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to play that song. It's, I would sing it for you, but I wanted y'all to stay, you know, for the message. So, you know, the, the Bible says to make a joyful noise. So I do want to say thank you also because, like she said, we, we finally got to a point where the first week we were gone and Mark and Cynthia came. And you guys remember, those of you that were here, they talked about enforcing the victory. You enforce the victory. So we've listened to all the messages. We've listened to that message. We listened to when Mark talked, prayed about, or and talked about Jesus paid for healing. He made, he he gave his his life on the cross, on the cross at Calvary and shed his blood for us to be able to heal, be healed. And also, Pastor Sean, thank you. We listened to the rest for our souls, and and I think that's where we're at. First thing you got to remember, and some of you that may not know, you are made up of three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. You're made up of three parts. Biologically, all of the scientists know you've got a physical body. They know that you have a soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. Biologically, they know that there is a spiritual aspect to your life. So a lot of times people don't want to deal with the spiritual because it's not easy. Because the unseen God, we go, where is he at? Where is he at? I don't see him. And I was, we were sharing while we were gone that it's the unseen spirit of God living in the unseen spirit of man in the seen physical body on the seen physical earth. 
So it's the unseen to the unseen, in the scene, on the scene. Say that with me. The unseen to the unseen, in the scene, on the scene. Okay, you guys got it. So when we, we're, we're dealing with that, we're dealing with the unseen spirit of the living God that puts life in us. My breath didn't come from something biological. My breath comes from God. When he created me, when he made me, the Bible says that I, he knew me before he, I even came to this earth. He knew you before you even came to be in being on this earth. And that's an amazing thing. So I'm thankful for Mark and Cynthia when they talked about enforce, enforcing the victory because we do have the victory. We've got to walk it out. Amen. There may be some difficulties. I was thinking about James where he talks about trials and tribulations we're going to have. You are not, I'm sorry, but you're not going to live a stress-free life. Shelly wants to limit the, the, how she processes the stress and how it, it, can, it can affect you physically. But life is life. I mean, stuff happens. You got to get up in the morning. You got to make decisions. You got to go places you don't want to go. You got to do things you may not want to do. But life is going to have hardships. Life is going to have difficulty. Life is going to have suffering. Come on, somebody. And when, when you begin to look at that, it's just like, this is life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to field this ball and throw them out, right? I'm going to... I'm going to throw the runner out to go into first base. I'm going to field the ball and take and, and throw it out. Those of you softball girls back there, I see you back there. You, you be able to throw them out. And those are the things that we're going to have to deal with with life. So I want to, first of all, I want to apologize because I allowed the joy of the Lord to be stolen from me. So you're going to see me smile a little bit more. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to the place where I can laugh and joke around and, and enjoy it because God is my source. Amen. He is my foundation. Jesus died so I could have life and have it more abundantly. Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning to start with as we learn about him? We're learning about him. Okay, I want to talk a little bit today. If you've got, can I get 15 minutes? Anybody got 15 minutes? Got one here. What, 15 there? 15, that's 30, 45. That's an hour, hour and 15, hour and 30. There, we got an hour and a half. Set your watches. Don't do like this until I get to an hour and a half, Terry. Now, we're going to start out real quick. If you, want to, if you want to open your Bibles and look at it, you can go online. You can go in your phone and get the Bible. We're going to look at 1 John chapter 5. I may go a little bit fast for you, but I want to talk a little bit about a winning attitude. I want to talk about the winning attitude. Everybody say, winning attitude. The winning attitude. We've got to have a winning attitude, and I've allowed circumstances on the outside of my life change your attitude. Anybody else? Yeah. Sometimes we're like, oh, my gosh, it's raining. My attitude's terrible. I was like, I got up this morning at 2 o'clock just to look at the rain. I was like, oh, this looks so good, God. This is so wonderful. I wanted to run out there, but I was in my jammies. And Shelly would wake up and go, what are you doing in the backyard in your jammies? Get in here. <laughs> you don't need to be out there running around in the, in the rain. So we've, I want us to look at an attitude I've allowed, and you have. We all do. We allow the outside, the external things to change how we feel internally. And that's the thing that we're going to be shifting. I can see, I can see the next six months or the next you know, few years where we're going to continue to minister and, and allow God to be able to take it when those external things come against us, we aren't moved. Right? So when you get the report from the doctor says, we got to do a test because zinc you got cancer then I, I am not moved by the external of what's taken place. It was, it was being able to satisfy my internal. But I've got to have an attitude. How many of you know your attitude can determine your altitude? How Your attitude can determine how high you go. There's employers and companies and, and other people that, that, that look at your attitude and they, they base everything off of your attitude. I know my mom used to say, you need to go do this. And if I had a bad attitude, I got extra chores. Anybody ever have any mom like that? And then so guess what? I changed my attitude and I got extra chores anyway. So I'm just, because extra chores were part of the deal. So we got to understand that it's about an attitude. Everybody say attitude. So 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, it says this. Everyone who believes, listen, that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. 
And everyone who loves the father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and follow his commandments. Let me just stop right there just a minute. So what he's looking at is we're beginning to see the Apostle John, he wrote this letter many years ago. And, and, and when he wrote this letter, he was coming from experience. The disciple, he, he understood Jesus. He spent some time with Jesus. Jesus isn't some made-up person out of a fairy tale. Jesus was in history. He was real life. He was the Messiah. He was the soon-and-coming king. He's the only one that still haven't figured out how he died and rose again and came back. Are you with me? And they have all of the evidence that says he rose again. He, he's not there. He's not dead. He died and rose again. The Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So we know that, that we become children of God when we accept Jesus, when we learn about Jesus, when we understand our relationship with Jesus and who He is for us, because God is love. Everybody say love. Come on, say it real good like love. Come on, say, say it to your spouse, those of you got a spouse, and say love. <laughs> okay, we're gone. We're dismissing. <laughs> Okay, let me get back to the word. He said, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For whoever has been born of God overcomes the world. I want to pause there a minute. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. How many of you realize this is just, we, we are here on this earth for a short time. Let's say 120 years. Genesis chapter 6, man's life, 120 years. We've got 120 years on this life, and where do you spend the rest? In eternity with God. We spend the rest with eternity with God. So it's important for us to know that we are born of God. And as, we're being born, as we are born of God, we can overcome the world. How do you overcome the world? The world meaning... Not just this, this earth, but the cosmos, the pressures, the daily situations that we are up against. The difficulty of going to work or not going to work or being able to, to operate physically or not have full, full operation of your physical vices or being able to understand some things and comprehend some things and, and grow in wisdom and grow in knowledge. How do we deal with the economic pressures and the issues of the day and all what's going on with the government or not going on with the government and the and the economy and all of these other things. How do we deal with those worldly things? He's stating right here that we've overcome the world. So we're higher than. And that's one of the views that I want you guys to understand. Is the truth is the world's here and we're here. We are seated. The Bible says I'm seated with Jesus in heavenly places. I'm seated above the world. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. To be honest with you, most of the time, we feel like we're down here, right? We're down here, and everything else is up there. And we're being crushed by the world, right? We're being pressured by the world, and all of the anxiety, and all the pressure, and all the, the situations that we deal with, it just can weigh us down. And we get so caught up that we get weighed down that our truck breaks down. I'm going to give you an analogy that I use a little bit of times in, during counseling. I said sometimes people were like, you know, I hate to come and just dump this on you. Well, they ha you have a dump truck. Everybody has a dump truck. You got a dump truck? You see the dump truck in your mind? What color is a dump truck in your mind? Gary, what color is yours? Yellow. He's got a yellow dump truck, right? So he's got a certain size dump truck. Usually, usually younger kids have a, a smaller dump truck. Issues in life, get in your dump truck, your dump truck gets full. Where do you go? A lot of times, as, as kids, they go to their parents. Mom, I'm having a bad day. I couldn't get my hair to do this right. You know, and it was, um, so my dump truck's full. So they just dump it on mom, and mom and dad take that stuff, and they say, it's going to be okay. You know, we'll help you with this, and they walk through it. As adults, you, get, you have a little bit bigger dump truck. But what happens when your dump truck gets full? So I look at everybody with a dump truck. Don't, uh, tomorrow you'll see me and you'll be going, my yellow dump truck. <laughs> I'm not thinking about that. But I look at everybody with a dump truck, and when your dump truck gets full, it has to be emptied. 
So you empty your dump truck on somebody else. They've got room in their dump truck. So I can come to Virginia and Jerry and I can dump my truck because they got a bigger dump truck, right? And then we, go, we have everybody else, leaders in the church. We have a bigger dump truck. So people can come to us continually, dump their garbage or dirt in our truck, and then we do what? We have a big old, I, I look at it, I got one, a dump truck that's one of them earth mover ones. You know, like they got out in the Arizona and the salt flats or wherever where they're working and building. They got those ones that the tires as big around as this building. You know what I mean? I look at it that way because that way God's designed us to be able to have this dump truck not to break down. So what happens is we process stress. As she processes stress, as you process stress... We've got to find a way to process that. And what, what I try to do is dump it on Jesus. Because <laughs> my dump truck gets full because Melissa's dumped on me. And I mean, I'm just, that sounds bad, don't it? You know, and Shauna's dumped on me. And, you know, Jerry's dumped on me. And, it's, and that's not a bad thing. They're just, they're saying, here, I got these issues. I'm dealing with that. People that are counselors, Mario deals with that all day long. People coming in and dealing with them, taking care of the issues. Um, you know, so those are the things that we, we really deal with. Kim deals with that same thing, and you get, you get filled up. And then you've got to go dump this on Jesus. We've got to be able to do that. The scriptures here that I'm talking about, I wanted to point this out because he says that, that we know that when we're born of God, that we have overcome the world. There is an overcoming of the world, and it's by faith. Everybody say, by faith. So it's by faith. We overcome the world by faith. Let me look at verse 5. See if we got verse 5 up there. Who is the one who overcomes the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? You believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You have, we call it, overcoming faith. Faith as little as a mustard seed, but it will overcome anything. Faith as little as a mustard seed will overcome anything. I'm going to use an example of my, my New York Yankees. I'm a New York Yankee fan, and, and the Yankees got a pretty decent team this year. And, and they got this one guy that hits home runs, and he's leading the league in home runs, and he's, he's on pace for some of the – to even, you know, have more home runs than Babe Ruth or Mickey Mantle or some of those, those players that you've probably heard about years ago from the Yankees. And, and the other night, they, they, they were playing a ball game, and they'd only had one hit, and it got down into the ninth inning. And Aaron Judge comes up, and he does what? He hits a home run. They win one to nothing. It's almost like I've watched the Yankees play, and sometimes you get that with other teams the same way. They'll get back into the last few innings, and it's like, okay, boys, you want to win this thing now? Let's go win this. And, they'll, and they'll, they'll win it. You know what I mean? It's like they were down the other day to 6-3, to three, and then all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they were able to put a couple runners on base and be in a position to be able to win the ball game. Most of the time, they win those ball games. They, have, they seem to have an overcoming faith that when it gets later in the, in the innings of a ball game and they're down by... The, the other day, they scored eight runs in the eighth inning. They were down by three, I think, and they scored eight runs in the eighth inning. Guy hit a grand slam home run. And, and it was the same home run guy, Aaron Judge. He hit that grand slam home run. It was like, okay, he's up. Let's see what happens. He's going to hit another home run. But there is an overcoming faith, what I'm saying, that they exhibit. I see this in college teams. I see this in professional teams. Those that end up winning, you know, championships, they're, they're, they're like, it doesn't matter. We may be down, but we're not out. And I'm here to tell you, that's the faith that God wants us to be able to operate in, that though you may get knocked down, you don't get knocked out. Can I get an amen today? See, it was kind of like you're the you know, energizer bunny. You take a lick and then you keep on ticking. You know, you just boom, 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 boom. You just keep going. Or you're the Timex watch. You take a lick and keep on ticking. No matter what goes on, you get to that place where you're saying, wait a minute, I'm not going to allow this external situation to keep me out of peace on the internal. Okay? So we want to get the external to where it doesn't impact our internal, and we do that because we have overcoming faith. No matter how smart, no matter how strong, 
No matter how rich you can be, you, you, you will never be a true winner without Jesus Christ. And when with Christ you have that overcoming faith and all things become possible to those that believe. Come on, somebody. He ought to give a shout of praise this morning for the Lord. I'm telling you what, we begin to do that. So before I knew Christ, I didn't know Christ. I, I, I just knew that there was issues in my life and I knew there was a God. Because I just never believed in the theory of a big bang and then all these perfect, wonderful things happened by a bang. If it was a bang, it was God said bang and it happened. <laughs> Are you with me? Because when God, when you look at Genesis and you read through creation, you know he's created things so amazing, so wonderful that they just didn't happen by accident. You've got to have a greater faith to do that than we this. So when we look at this and we say, God, I, I know there is a God. I know that you've created things. I can look at the, the fish of the sea and the birds in the air and, and see how magnificent they are and how you've made them and created them and how wonderful it is that you've done this. There is a God. But I didn't know how it impacted for me. You guys, we're all the same way. What's life about? What's the meaning of life? Have we not all had that conversation with ourselves or others saying, why am I here? Why am I here? Do I have a purpose? Do I have a plan? Can I overcome the world and the issues that are in it? And this is what we were saying, that we need to have Jesus in our life because then we have overcoming faith. You think you can overcome it on your own? You might be able to. Maybe for a little while. Maybe you can handle it. But there's going to come a time where you're going to ask that question, I need help. And how many of you know Jesus is there to help us? Can we give a hand clap of praise for him this morning? I cannot get overcoming faith from a government. I cannot get overcoming faith from a political system. I cannot get overcoming faith from a monetary system. Money will never overcome the world. You can have billions of it, and, and you can do great things with it, and you can probably impact some things in some areas, but it will never overcome the world. Listen, without Jesus as our Lord, no man, no woman, no system will in any way, shape, or form be able to overcome the world. It just simply can't be done. We overcome the world through Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. But if you're born of him, if you have the absolute, perfect, God-given, blood-bought right, are you listening to me? You can overcome the aspects of this world. He didn't say you can overcome 10% of it. You can overcome 50% of it. He said you can overcome all of it. And it doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter how much of a loser you feel like. I've, all, I've felt like a loser. I felt like I've lost my way. There's been times where I've questioned all sorts of things. And it doesn't matter how many times I've failed in the past. What matters is believing in the Son of God, the living Son of God, and I become an overcomer. Come on, somebody. Shout, I am an overcomer. Let's do it again. I am an overcomer. We are an overcomer. We're going to overcome with those situations. We're going to overcome with these ideas and thoughts and, and, and dealings that we have to in the world today. We're going to rise up and be who God has created us to be. And it may take some work. It may take some effort. It may take doing things you don't want to do and believing in Him that He is an overcomer. And because you belong to Him, you're an overcomer. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're an overcomer. Hallelujah. I came to preach somebody this morning. Amen. He said, if you believe in Christ, the Son of the living God, we become overcomers. This should be our attitude. Real quick, Romans chapter 8, it says, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation? Will trouble? Will persecution? Will famine? Will nakedness? They're like, what? <laughs> Danger. Will... Will being hurt or, or, or killed or, or whatever that might be from the sword, will that, will that do it? No. No. No tribulation. No, 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 um, no sword. These things will not allow us 
to be less than an overcomer. He goes on and he says this in Romans 8, 37. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him. We overwhelmingly conquer. Look, you're not just getting by. You are overwhelmingly conquer. Look, when a team plays another team and they get beat 28 to 5, that team overwhelmed that other team. Are you with me? They just didn't win in the bottom of the ninth with a run scoring, you know, squeeze bunt to get the runner in. They overwhelmingly took control and dominion over that. They overwhelmingly conquer. Let me give you a scripture, John 16, 33. It says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me that you may have what? Peace. We'll get to that. And in the world you have tribulation, but what? Take courage. In other words, in the world, you're going to have stuff happen. Can I do it in modern-day vernacular? In the world, you're going to have stuff happen. There's going to be stuff that's going to happen. He says, I have overcome the world. And because Jesus, who lives in me, the same power that rose him from the grave, is alive in me, and because he can overcome those things, I can overcome those things. I can overcome my past. I can overcome shame. I can overcome guilt. I can overcome whatever history that I have in my past. I can overcome those things because I belong to Jesus. In other words, what he says, Jesus is saying that the world is going to come at you with everything it has. But don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. Because he's beaten it. He's already overcome the world. The loss of a job. He's overcome that. Divorce, he's overcome that. A panic or pandemic, he's overcome that. A bad economy, he's over. He's going to overcome this. Come on, somebody. The sickness and disease and pain and guilt and shame and suffering and death of a loved one, he's going to overcome that. Feeling broke, busted, and disgusted. How many of you know God is an overcomer and you're an overcomer? And because he's an overcomer, you're an overcomer, we're going to overcome that stuff. Hallelujah. I mean, there's something else in Scripture that I want you to notice in this Scripture here itself. Jesus says, so that you may have Peace. Peace, the shalom of God, the wholeness of God. The peace of God, the Bible says, that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I want to have peace in the middle of the, the report that I got. I think the biggest thing that I could tell you that I tried to learn from this was to not let that report change how I enjoyed my time of rest. You know, and Sean's message was right on, you know what I mean? To be able to, to get into that place for us because I needed rest for my soul. How many of you know you can get rest, physical rest, but your soul not be at rest? Right? We can, we can, we can go through that. I wanted to get to that place where my mind, my will, and my emotions were at rest. And I told somebody the other day, and Shelly and I were talking about it, and she said, I said, look, I, I got to the place where I didn't know what day it was. We got up, I was like... Is this Thursday? No, it's Friday. I was like, what happened to Thursday? Where's Wednesday? What happened to that day? I was like, I think we're finally getting to this vacation thing. It's like, it's like what day is it? You know, because everything was different. My, I'm telling you, you, don't, you guys don't realize it because every Saturday is, is, is you guys have things that are different on Saturday. Every Saturday is the same for me. It's my study day. It's preparation. I mean, I do it throughout the week, but this is when I begin to put things together. I got to have peace. There's some times where Shelly's like, you working on your message? And I'm like, not yet. And I know she's like, you need to work on your message, you know, but, but it's, I got to get to a place right here of peace. And he says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In Jesus. There was a prophetic word this morning. Virginia talked about being in him. In him we move and breathe and have our being. Come on, his name is Jesus. It's in him. How do I operate in him? How can I do that? Pastor, how do I do that? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked because we've got to learn to be able to trust him. What he was teaching, he was teaching the disciples during this. I want to encourage you guys to read John. But let's do this. Let's focus on chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Say 13 through 17. Let's 
13 through the 17 of John. St. John in some Bibles. Um, John, um, I want, this is when Jesus was talking to the disciples. He was getting ready to leave. Okay? He knew that Judas was going to betray him. These things were going to begin to happen. He then, he, there is a tremendous discourse in there where you can begin to read through this. And this is part of that. And he says that you can have peace. He was telling us that our battles here on earth don't have to keep us in turmoil. They don't have to keep us all... I'm just so nervous all the time. I, I just, just, I just I don't, don't know if I can do this. And I don't operate that way, and you guys know I don't operate that way because I'm trying to trust Him. But there are times in my life where I can feel the anxiety on the inside, and y'all can't see it on the outside. You know, like a duck that swims? Them ducks at their feet are going just do, going like this, and they're swimming right along, and the outside is like, it's beautiful out here. And they're just going to town, aren't they? They're, they're just moving across the lake. And, and because there's some things that were the same way. So if we will just trust him, just trust him, we can have peace in the middle of trouble. Everybody say peace. Okay, I'm going to jump into this scripture here real quick. John 17, and I'm almost done, by the way. I'm closing for the third or fourth time. He was talking in John chapter 17, and you guys will go back and read, read this. But he was talking about the disciples in the world. And here's what he says to them. But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world so they may have my joy made full in themselves. I've given them your word. Jesus is talking to the Father about the disciples. Okay? Jesus is talking to the Father about the disciples. I can talk to the Father. I can talk to Jesus. I can talk to the disciples. Jesus himself is saying, Dad... Here's what I've done with these. You guys get the picture of it? He says, I've given them your word. And the world has hated them because they're not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them away from the evil one. You could meditate on that one for a while. This scripture right here that he's talking about ties in the John 16.33. Where he said they're going to have tribulation. But don't worry about the tribulation, right? Because Jesus said, I have what? Everybody. I have what? I have what? I've overcome. I've overcome. I've overcome. Jesus would more or less saying, I've been there, done that. I got that taken care of for you. So don't worry about it. So this ties that into this. And when we look at it, he says he's overcome the world. But he wants us to live above the evil in the world. Look, there's some evil in this world. You know what? There's people afraid to go to grocery stores. They're afraid to go out. You know, all this stuff's happening. You know, all, just the evil that's taking place. And, and he's saying that we've got to be able to move above the trials. We've got to move above the tests. We've got to move above the tribulations of the world. Even if it seems relentless, and it just seems like it's happening and happening. I don't know about you, but you guys have seen us have to deal with a lot of stuff this past year and a half. I had somebody one time, they, they, they recently they were like, I just can't believe that you're still standing. I said, why? They said, you've been through more stuff. I, I know people that haven't been, that have lived 80 years and they haven't been through what you guys have been through. And I thought, you're right. And I started meditating on that instead of knowing that I'm an overcomer. Oh, come on, are you hearing me? And it started to begin to change my attitude. And I wanted a winning attitude. I didn't want a, a, a losing attitude. Because I'm here to tell you today that you guys are winners. Come on, somebody. You guys are winners. Whether you win the game or finish the game, you're going to finish the game. You're going to run the race. You're going to finish the course. Whether you're, the score is for you at the end, I'm here to tell you, Jesus paid for that. He empowered us to have victory. And we are winners. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. I am talking about you today. I went to church today and the preacher was talking about me. You do that in a room full of people, they'll all go. And they'll go, and then you do this. You say, yeah, he told me how much of a winner I am, that I'm a winner because Jesus never loses. He wins, amen? And we got the victory through Jesus Christ. And then people go, whoo, what are they doing? Hallelujah. I like that preacher. Jesus said this. 
He said he was basically separating them for his word. He was taking the word, and this word will, will separate you from the world. So when the world says one thing, Shelley says Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path or he'll make your pathways straight. We got to trust in the Lord. I don't understand, God. I don't understand it. But I trust you. I don't understand it, God. I don't understand it. But I trust you. God, I don't understand. I got this report, and, and I, what am I doing? What I got to do now is just, God, I don't understand. Why? Why me? Don't you think we had enough? But I trust you. We've got to trust him. We've got to trust him. We've got to trust him with our family. We've got to trust him with our friends. We've got to trust him with our life. We've got to trust him to know that we're going to be able to overcome all these situations and circumstances in our life. Somebody just needs to give a Lord big shout of praise or something in this place today. The Word of God can separate us from the world. The Word of God can separate it. Verse 18, he says, Just as you sent me into the world, I also send them into the world. He's talking about the disciples. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they themselves also may be sanctified in what? Truth. Everybody say truth. I'm not asking on behalf of these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word. That's us. Jesus is having a conversation with the Father, talking about the disciples. And he says, he says Dad, I'm not, I'm not asking just for these. I'm asking for, I'm going to paraphrase, their offspring. Their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-great-grandchildren. That's us. Those other people that are coming into the kingdom of heaven that are going to operate and believe in Jesus Christ, that are going to be overcomers of the world. Jesus is saying, look, it's not just them, Father, but you know it's those that are coming 2,000 years from now in Woodward, Oklahoma, that are following you. It's those I'm praying for too. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm serious. You can go back and read it, but you'll begin to look at that and you'll begin to see it. He said, I'm not asking on behalf of these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, through the words of the disciples, through the words of the apostles, through the words of the prophets that have come down from generation to generation. Verse 21, that they may all be one. All be one. All be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I'm in them, and they're in you. It's not just all of us. It's not just you individually. It's all of us together that we can become one. Look at what else he says in the scripture here. So that they may be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us so the world may believe that you sent me. He was reconciling the disciples to Christ, to the Father, the Holy Spirit's involved. Are you with me? He's making this reconciliation that we become what? We become one in him. When we're one in him, how do we become one in him? Good question. When we read the word, and sometimes it's an interpretation, but we're reading the word, we're trying to understand the word, we are believers and followers of Christ, we're one. We're not separated. Even though we have different churches, we're still one. We're part of the family of God. Oh, come on, somebody. We're still part of the family of God. He goes on and he says this right here. He, said, uh, um, he says, let me go back. Father, you are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Did you catch that? Jesus said they're going to be one. One with a mighty God. I got a question for you. Is God a loser? <laughs> it's like, is God a loser? It's like, I may, have, I may have lost at some things, but I'm telling you, God is not a loser. 
In fact, he's the greatest winner of all times. Can I get an amen? You and I need to change our perspective on this. We need to be able to see him for who he is. And we need to change our attitudes so our attitudes line up with his attitude. And his attitude is what? To win. Even if you have to go through some pain or difficulty or whatever that might be, Romans 8.28 says he's working things out for my what? God's working it out. And it's not over. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's not over. See, we need to be one with him in spirit, one with him with our soul, one with him in our body, one with him in our attitude. We are a winner. You are a winner. And you got a winning attitude. And there are too many people in this world. Where's Steve at? Steve at? Would you come play for me? There's too many people in this world. They need to know that they're not a loser. They need to know that God is on their side. And he is for them, not against them. That he's willing to work with them and help them and encourage them and bring them along as they follow him and trust him. And they may not get it all figured out. I didn't have it all figured out. Well, let me see. I was 20 when I gave my life to Christ, my heart, I say, and I was 24 when I gave him my life. But when I was 16, I thought I had it all figured out. Anybody else was with me? We're from the same tribe. <laughs> Praise God, we got delivered out of that tribe. Are you with me? Because we got moved into the tribe of belief, and, and it was like, I didn't have it. I don't have it all. In fact, I don't, I don't know it. I don't understand it. But if I can read it in the Word of God and say, God, you said it, so that settles it, and I line myself up with that, I can begin to step in to what God has for me, and that is victory. He wants us to be a winner. We are winners because we're winners through Jesus Christ. Let's give him a mighty hand clap of praise hallelujah so I left this I put this down here I keep wanting to do this on my screen you know but it's one of these pad things here so I was like I'm trying to do this and it won't work there's a last scripture I wanted to give you was the Lord's prayer and you remember the first part of this prayer our father who is in heaven what hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done where on earth as it is in heaven is there sickness in heaven? Is there disease in heaven? Is there hurt and pain in heaven? Is there guilt and shame in heaven? Is there sorrow in heaven? Jesus is praying that, that, that earth reflect heaven. That we have a place without guilt and shame. And the enemy just wants to throw guilt and shame on us and have us deal with that. But Jesus' attitude is he's an overcomer and you're an overcomer. That's a winning attitude. You want to know what a winning attitude is? It's Jesus' attitude. It's the attitude that he has overcome the world. And then you know what I want you to do? I want you to know that you've overcome the world. You've overcome the world. Well, I haven't gone through it yet, you know, but you're going to, and you're going to come out the other side. Amen? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Doesn't mean it's not formed against you. Doesn't mean you aren't looking at it, but it's not going to prosper. So I want to leave you with this thought. Just some of you that this is not sharp. It's really not. But the word is like a sword. The Bible said it cuts. Even in the bone, you can open it up and get to the marrow that's in that bone. Because there's healing properties in that marrow. They'll do, they'll do tests. They'll check your bone marrow and they'll actually take samples of bone marrow out of your body for other things. But this is the word of God. Everybody say the word. His attitude is you take this word and you use it against the world. Not against your brother. Not against your sister. Not against your mom or dad or your kids. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and wicked spirits in high places. And we use the word of God. Jesus continually used the word of God. You can look at it. You can read it. Matthew chapter 3 and 4. 
He had the battle. Chapter 4, he had the battle. He was sent from the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness. And then after 40 days, the devil comes and tries to tempt him. And he has this sword. He has the word of God. Comes out of his mouth. And he says, as it is written. As it is written. As it is written. So I want to encourage you. Let's go on a journey. Let's begin to start looking at this word of God and then applying it to our life. I don't want you just to learn it. I want you to apply it to your life. I want you when somebody says that you can't do something and it's something you know that God is, has caused inside you and he's stirred up within you, that you can say, you say I can't, but God says I can. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can rise up above this situation. I can overcome this hurt, this pain. I can overcome this tragedy or trauma that's in my life. I'm not going to let the external things change what's going on on the inside of my life because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because we're winners. Hey, would all you winners stand up today? We're having the winners stand today. Father, right now, I want to pray for these winners. God, I just ask you to continue to bless and strengthen them today. I thank you, Lord God, that, that they're going to begin to look at themselves differently. I pray that they're going to begin to see themselves as overcomers. I thank you they're going to begin to see themselves as conquerors. I pray, Lord God, that you continue to bless and strengthen them right now. And I just ask you to begin to release your peace. Just begin to receive his peace today. Receive his peace today. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want to do that, just, I'm just asking you to slip your hand up to me, and I'll, I'll personally pray for you after we get done, and I'll love on you. If that you today, if that's you today, just kind of slip your hand up towards me. Say, that's me, Pastor. Anybody? Anybody here? Anybody? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else want to just receive Jesus today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me just pray. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I declare and decree that these men and women of God are overcomers. That because you overcome, they can overcome. Every situation that's in their life, God, I thank you that they begin to start seeing where they're going to begin to overcome those they will not be overcome by the situation. They will overcome the situation. We decree and we declare it over their lives today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? All right, on your way out of here, tell some people that you're a winner. That you are a winner. Tell them that you are a winner in Christ. God bless you. We ask you to have a great afternoon today. Thanks for coming.